Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Pure Victory Podcast here again. Matt with me, and I, of course, am Braden. Thanks, everybody, for checking in with us. And we had an amazing conversation last week with Julie Slattery. And we are so appreciative of her and all her work. But if you don't know her, she is an amazing speaker and author um, and a clinical psychologist, but she has a lot of great resources out there in the area of sexuality. And uh, one of her books, Rethinking Sexuality, highly recommend that, that you pick that up. And then also check out her website at AuthenticIntimacy.com. These are all really great resources to plug into. And um, we are so thankful, Julie, that you uh, are here with us once again. Yeah, great to be with you again. Yeah, thank you. Um, so one of the things that's so powerful with Jesus coming and, and giving us new life is he gives us a new identity. And so, you know, in, in purity culture, like you talked about last week, some people say, well, sexually, we act out and just, you know, don't have sex, don't watch porn. And so we don't know this new identity being attached to God's sexuality. What should a believer know? Or what would Jesus say about sexuality being attached to our identity? Well, first of all, uh, sexuality is part of being made in the image of God. So uh, so that's one of the first things we see in the Garden of Eden way back in Genesis. Yes, we see that work and creation and being God, like a co-creator with God is part of our identity. But so is the fact that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And there were two genders. They, uh, they were meant for each other. And together they better image who God is than they do apart. It's not good for them to be alone. 
So we see a lot about intimacy and sexuality right from the beginning, as well as seeing how the fall immediately impacts our sexuality by bringing on shame and our nakedness. Yeah. And so that would be a starting place. But I think um, where we get so confused today is we've given sexuality, particularly our sexual experiences, too much power in defining our identity. Hmm. So, um, you know, just everything from we define ourselves by our sin, you know, like I'm an adulterer, I'm a pornographer, uh, I can't stop. And also I would say even pridefully, you know, the other side of the purity movement is the people that are like, Hey, I did it right. I saved sex for marriage. I'm better than all these people that are struggling. And so we have the sexual sinners and the sexual Pharisees Mm. and Jesus really came to obliterate all those identities. We see this in the life of Paul, you know, he was the Pharisee that his identity had to be changed. So he said, you know, the things that used to give me confidence, they're like rubbish to me now because I know Jesus Christ and that now is my identity. And so I think sexuality identity is a huge issue. And a lot of the reason that we struggle with sexual sin is because we've never let Jesus uh, infiltrate our identities. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing kind of an upside down way that the world and even the enemy has framed this so that we look at our identities through our behavior and whether it might seem, you know, one extreme of the spectrum versus the other, like the purity uh, kind of movement that you're talking about, both are kind of really have caused us to be harmed or harm others in in the way that we view this. So if we were to flip this back up the right side way, um, the way that God has already done, but it's there for us, what happens to us when we live out of that instead of doing it the opposite way? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I feel like right now we're defining it. um, uh, It's almost like I do, therefore I am. So I look at pornography, therefore I'm an awful sinner. Uh, Or I save myself for marriage, therefore I'm better than everyone else. And what scripture tells us to do is to say, I am, therefore I do. And so it's the opposite of if I really am in Christ and believe that, if I walk by faith, it's astounding. But Jesus says that I'm dressed in his righteousness and I am part of a holy priesthood and I'm an alien in this world. I don't belong to this world uh, that I'm not, I'm not ruled by the desires of my flesh. They're still there, but I don't have to be enslaved to them. The problem is that those sound like nice Bible verses that don't at all make a difference because the sin identities feel more true than what God says about me. Uh, And that's always the lie feels truer than the truth, which is super confusing for us. Um, And so we live out of the lie and, uh, and our identity has got to be the first thing that changes. And often it never even gets touched. Well, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, that, we teach or that we just kind of explain is the comparison between the hymen and the veil that was torn mm-hmm. in the temple and that the blood was that the blood is spilled when a covenant is formed and 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 when the there's consummation on the wedding night that's confirming a covenant which is so beautiful it's such a beautiful picture but yeah. then there's people that hear that and they just feel instant shame and like oh i screwed up mm-hmm. and 
and and my hymen it never repairs it's it what's going to happen to me when i get married again and on the flip side my wife and i we were virgins when we got married but then we got married and then we had just tons of struggles sexually. Mm-hmm. And so we're going, well, where's the blessing, right? Like we're, right. we were told that God would bless if we're virgins, if we save ourselves. And so there's stories of uh, a couple of people that I know and more that I've heard where a woman, you know, engages in sexual relations before marriage, but then on her wedding night, she's restored and she bleeds again. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, that confirmation from the Lord that, no, I have grace. Like I can restore Mm -hmm. you and I can make you new. And it's cool. Just what you're, you're kind of explaining or what you're, what I'm getting from what you're saying is sexuality is part of us. It's part of being in made in God's image, but it isn't our identity. Our sexuality does not define our identity. And that's where things get confused. eh? Yeah, very much so. Um, And I think, it's been distorted again, both by the cultural view of sexuality as well as the purity view of sexuality. Um, you know, if we apply the gospel to our sexuality, we would say, okay, all of us are sinners. You know, there's not one that's righteous. Everyone, even your righteousness is filthy rags. And so let's apply that to our sexuality. There's no one pure, not one, you know, even your, your purity at, on your wedding night, uh, is like filthy rags because in our hearts, like we've lusted for other people in our minds. Uh, we've got all kinds of brokenness and our purity comes through um, being one with Jesus Christ. And, and so again, I feel like that larger gospel message never really made it into sexual conversations. Wow. And once the gospel transforms us, there's no longer oh, well, God should bless me because I followed these rules or he can't bless me because I didn't follow these rules. It's like everything is grace and everything is depending on him and uh, looking to him for strength. And it's a journey. It's not just a journey of purity when you're single, but it's a new journey of what does that look like when I'm married? And I do encounter all kinds of difficulties. So at our ministry, I don't ever use the term sexual purity because it's got so much baggage Mm. attached to it. Instead, we talk about sexual integrity. You know, what does it mean to steward my sexuality in such a way that it's an accurate reflection of who I am in Christ? Mm. Uh, And that's so much more broad than just saving sex for marriage. Mm. That's a beautiful description, Julie, uh, just everything you're sharing there. It's um, helpful knowing this, too. It's hopeful because uh, I think with sexuality, um, it's, it's just very exhausting if you think about it because you go to the one extreme where you you have desire, you have all these desires, and you just live out of that because maybe that's all you know. That's what you think you're supposed to do because if you have these desires, they're deemed good by the world. So let's just partake in that. Let's just do it. But eventually you start to learn over time that, you start to have no control. Um, You're just, you're completely uh, almost enslaved to these impulses that you have. Very exhausting. And then on the other end, the purity aspect where you go too extreme that way, very legalistic, you're always kind of white knuckling it or you're, um, you know, maybe putting a lot of guilt on yourself or others. There's some shame involved there. Or maybe like you said, you, you mentioned there's a lot of pride. Uh, in in our behavior, like oh look at me, you know, <laughs> like I don't look at porn. I've never masturbated, or I, you know, I've saved myself from marriage. All these kind of things, and um, so, but at the same time, it's very exhausting as well too. So, 
you know, just to explain that it's, it's, man, it's just a swirl of emotion when it comes to those two areas. But what you're talking about with identity, soul freeing. And um, so how do we connect to that though? Because I think a lot of people, um, they miss that point. They're trying to work in either one of these areas and it's not working. So how do we connect to our true identity that we have in God? Yeah, I, I think we take some of the same biblical principles that we know and we apply them to sexuality. So uh, so sometimes I'll ask, for example, a married couple, do you ever pray together about your sex life? And most of them will say no. Uh, or I'll ask a question. Do you ever imagine that that God's spirit, that his presence is with you when you're looking at pornography? And it's like, ugh, you know, or, or that he, he's with you when you're having sex with someone. No, I can't think that like he leaves the room and that's just not true. If we look at Psalm 139, you know, where can I go from your presence? You're everywhere. And so I think it begins with this integration of God, his truth, his presence into this area of our life that really we have excluded him from like, he's always there, but we don't ever think how does Jesus want to change my sex life? Like, how does he want to bring healing to my marriage? And uh, how does he want to strengthen me even in the moment right after I've just failed? Um, and so for me, one of the things that's really helpful is literally identifying and writing down lies that I believe. And then, okay, is that true? Where did I get that from? Did I get that from God's word or did I get that from my past? Did I get that from the enemy? Um, and just doing that work of what are, what are the lies that I'm living out of? You know, for example, let's take a, a very common situation. A husband struggling with pornography. His wife finds out she doesn't struggle with pornography. So she's rightly uh, hurt and saddened. She begins to, let go of her rage on her husband and shame. And now he feels more shamed. And then she says, you have to go get help. Now he's the problem. Okay. We've got all kinds of things going on there, even on the wife's part of, because I don't struggle with this sin, I'm the self-righteous one now, not, Hey, how together do we seek healing? You know, what, what would it look like for us to grow in intimacy? It breaks my heart that you couldn't share this with me. Uh, and then I had to discover it, you know, what, what's wrong in our, the trust in our relationship. So, so it's really pushing us to look more holistically of what is the true intimacy that God is calling us to and how do all these lies keep us from getting there? That's cool. That's, it's so helpful, that perspective when dealing with hurt or pain or betrayal or trauma or whatever you call it from a wife's perspective, um, it's so hard, but it's so helpful to to get there. And one one thing that you mentioned it gets in the way of our identity is shame of us living out our identity. And 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 so one circumstance that adds a layer of shame um, on top of already struggling sexually is when there's same sex porn, same sex attraction. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of straight men married to women watch same sex porn or have have homosexual encounters. And so there's that added shame to that, but can you speak to that, how they can still, you know, reclaim their identity, reclaim their sexuality when that's been a struggle? Yeah. Um, so, you know, brokenness is brokenness, sin is sin. 
And I think we've developed these categories of, well, this is worse than that. And again, then we start letting that speak into our identity. A guy goes to a men's group and everyone else is talking about their sexual struggle. And it's like, wow, well, I can't share mine if I admit that there's same-sex porn involved. Like, I'll just be ostracized. And I've actually heard stories of that happening, of a man disclosing uh, that struggle, or even a man disclosing that he has been sexually traumatized, that he had sexual abuse as a child. And they, they literally say men will sort of move away from them. Nobody comes up and hugs them. You know, nobody meets them emotionally, but it's more this distancing feel. And so it's not just in our minds. It's uh, kind of how we've been conditioned as a church society to view some things as worse than others instead of like move like Jesus did, moving toward the pain, moving toward this and moving toward the brokenness and saying, hey, how can I how can I be part of your healing? Um, and so I, I think that's a big piece of it. Um, I think also it's again, the identity thing, you know, like we live in a culture that says your desires equal your identity. And so therefore, if I have a desire for same sex encounter, uh, then that must mean that I'm gay. These identities didn't even exist in the Bible. Like show me where the word heterosexual shows up in the Bible. It, it wasn't even a category because we were never meant to define ourselves based on our sexual desires. Uh, we were meant to define ourselves based on our desire for intimacy with God and other people. And then recognizing that with all of us, it's those desires are going to be twisted and distorted in some way. Uh, but they were never meant to be defining characters of who we are. Hmm. So like hearing this as a, a Christian leader, um, someone who's involved in maybe leading a small group or pastor, whatever else, how do we start bridging the gap in this area and showing that acceptance and love for people, not the the behavior, but the people? Um, um, how do we start doing that? Cause I, I, I totally echo what you would say, even with uh, the same sex, um, I've seen that in groups. And I've also seen the other aspect too, where a woman shares that she struggles with pornography you know, she's not supposed to struggle with that. That's a guy's yeah. problem, right? And if she shares that mm-hmm. in a women's group, they're like, what's wrong with you? Or, or maybe, you know, more shame is layered on that. So <laughs> in this area, like, what are some things we can do to start changing the messaging? Um, I know this is a big question, but, um, you know, what are, no, what have you seen gr- work? It's a great yeah. question. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think anymore now when a woman says she struggles with pornography, there's 30% of the people there, women there that are like, thank God you said it because me too. Um, And, and that's really part of it. You know, one of the things that we've learned to do at our events is we always take an hour for anonymous Q and a, so people can text in any question they want. And I don't know what's going to come in. Usually they're the same questions over and over again, but what happens is that this room filled with a couple hundred people all of a sudden start hearing other people's questions that are vulnerable and filled with pain and filled with shame. And it's like, you can feel it in the room. Like everybody's like, Oh my goodness, there's so much pain here. And somebody just asked my question that I didn't text in. And so I think providing uh, opportunities like that, like I got to have as a counselor where I got to realize like there's a whole lot of unspoken 
and pain around us. And one of the things that I'll talk to leaders about is we have to have the assumption that everyone is sexually broken. And sometimes they'll push back like everyone. I'm like, yes, everyone. Uh, we have such a limited understanding of sexual brokenness because we have such a limited understanding of sexual wholeness. Like when we understand the fullness of what God created this to be, everyone has lies and shame and secrets and we just need to put it out there. And, um, and when it's appropriate, we need to be the ones to go first to say the hard things and to call out to name uh, the trauma that is there and the struggles that are there uh, and, and talk honestly about it because, you know, over, and I'm sure you guys are in the same position because you're in this ministry, but over the years, you just gain such a confidence that no matter what I say, there's going to be somebody who can identify with it because every struggle is in every room and that starts changing the environment. Yeah, it's true. I, I've, I echo what you're saying for sure. Just last week, actually, I was doing a staff training at a church and, and I said to them, I just want to share with you what my week has been like. Uh, I talked to a guy who is, you know, sexual with his animal. And then I talked to a guy who was engaged in child porn. And I talked to a guy who cheated on his wife for 18 years. And then another one molested his stepdaughter. And mm-hmm. I went through, and th- this was in a six-day time frame, and just sharing. And I shared with the staff, like, these are all believers. They all raise their hands in worship and in, in small groups and on the worship team. And, <laughs> I mean, we just don't know, right? Like, we don't know the extent of it when we're in the church. And say, I mean, for me personally, I, have, I watched porn for 15 years, but it never really progressed. It was always kind of the same thing and it got more frequent at times. But, but when I started this ministry, I had no clue. And so when we're speaking to, you know, wives or pastors or leaders about dealing with this, sometimes they really don't understand the urgency. And so it gets overwhelming when they hear though, they feel like, oh, this is a Goliath. It's taunting me. I'm not good enough. And so when there's that sense of inferiority for, for a leader or, or a wife or a parent, even speaking to their kid, How do you help them simplify it so they can have that conversation? Yeah, boy, that's so true. One thing I am very happy to tell people, and I'm sure you can identify with this, is that I'm in over my head all the time, too. And uh, when you when you call me an expert in this, I always sort of chuckle because I don't feel like an expert and then I sort of look around and say, well, I guess I know more than the average bear, but I still don't feel like an expert. And uh, what gives me s- such hope and confidence is we don't have to be experts in this stuff. It's not, we are not the healers. Our job is to bring people to Jesus, the healer. And I know how to do that. I know how to listen. I know how to weep with someone. I know how to extend love to him, to him or her. I know how to tell someone my own testimony of how Jesus meets me in the darkest places. Uh, And we can all do that. We can all pray. Um, We can all, when we're lost for words, just hug somebody and say, I just want you to know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit guides after that. Um, And every church and every city, he's raising up people that are equipped with some of the knowledge and information that can help people address uh, sexual bondage. Uh, so we have the body of Christ around us, but we don't have to, we don't have to do it all ourselves, nor can we do it mm-hmm. ourselves. So true. 
I, I just love what you said, Julie. And the neat thing I, well, I was picking up on what you're saying is as we help people connect to their true identity in Christ, um, one of the things to be aware of is we likewise need to be moving in that too. And when we have that similarity with others, understanding we are so in need of a savior. We are in so mm-hmm. need of acceptance and love, healing, and just growth as the spirit leads us. You know, we recognize that in ourselves and then in others. And then through that, we have that commonality of understanding, hey, it's God who does the work. Let me introduce yeah. you to Jesus. And uh, yeah. so I think through that, that's where the power, just everything just comes to fruition and what you're talking about. And that's just so encouraging to me to hear because you're right. Like even what you've said, I don't see myself as the expert. It's God who does the work and the healing. I might know some things as God's led me, but let me introduce you to Jesus. And um, through mm-hmm. that, um, that's where the power is really seen. So how um, encouraging is that, I would say? And I hope that's encouraging everybody out there as well too. But any last thoughts, Julie, that you want to kind of share in this space? Um, we just so appreciate your wisdom. So we just love to get maybe some last few words in this area. Yeah, I appreciate the work that you all are doing in facilitating this conversation. And it does require the whole body of Christ. Uh, you know, yes, there are, there's a space for ministries like yours and for mine to step into this space. But this work is going to be done when the whole body gets involved. And, uh, and it begins by really surrendering our own sexuality to the work of God, not trying to fix other people when we've got our own secrets, we've got our own fears. And so for a lot of us, and this is true for me, the first step is Lord, um, you know, like the prophets prayed, you know, forgive me and my family for the ways that I've contributed to this. Would you cleanse me first? And that really does open the pathway for the Holy spirit to work in and through us. Um, and so again, this isn't rocket science. It's very difficult because it calls us to lay down our flesh, but that's what it is to follow Jesus. And when we do that, he is enough. Like he's not overwhelmed by what's happening in our world. Uh, He's enough and his power is enough to overcome every darkness. That is so cool. Cool. That's the key. He is enough and he can overcome every darkness. And that's, I hope giving way to end. Uh, thank you so much, Julie. Maybe just uh, before we wrap up, let people know where they can find you, maybe at your website, your social media, podcast, uh, just for more resources from you. Yeah, so our hub is AuthenticIntimacy.com. Uh, there you can pretty much link to everything, including the Java with Julie podcast. Uh, there's lots of episodes there. We've been doing it for, I think, almost nine years. And, um, and then we also have a leader platform called sexualdiscipleship.com. And that's for um, Christian leaders, lay leaders, vocational Christian leaders, just in how do we become equipped in having conversations about sexuality with a gospel focus. So those are some of the main ways you can connect. Amazing. That is so good. Thanks so much for your time and for your, your ministry. And uh, God bless you and your family too. Well, thank you. Likewise. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.